Hey, congratulations. You made it back for another Stunt Granny audio. Uh, this is Jeremy. Kevin's here. Eric's here. And our little peeper friend. Um, <laughs> we're just going to talk about the Hall of Fame ceremony. Don't look at me that way. Looks like you're getting ready to blast one out again. Yeah, you could, right? Um, Keep it to yourself, yeah, Gordon Beers. Um, so, yeah, we all attended the Hall of Fame uh, by way of the MARTA system last night. And we're just going to talk about the inductions, the inductees, all that sort of stuff. Um, I guess there was a big deal was made because WWE sent an email out that if you were attending the Hall of Fame, you needed to dress business casual. Um, and apparently... We're the, only, we're the only ones who got the memo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... I wouldn't say we were the only ones, but uh, I would say that, uh, oh, maybe only a quarter of the crowd got the memo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still think that was most important for the people who were in probably the first few rows of the lower bowl and then the floor. Yeah, whatever could be seen on TV as the crane camera went around. Yeah, yeah, the crane, and then when they had the, the, not the hard camera, but they had the stationary cameras on the side of the stage pointing in the crowd every once yeah. in a while. Yeah, we yeah. Should, I wish we would have brought our 18 and 1 sign. We maybe could have gotten on when, <laughs> when that camera light was red. We imported them all the way from Minnesota. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I uh, got there. The MARTA system was all jacked up last night because we were riding the same train, but I had to get off to get on another train going the exact same way. And they didn't really make sense. But yeah. So, of course, we were late. Um, we can't make anything on time, which is why we're leaving pretty much as soon as this thing is done today to go down to WrestleMania. Yeah, and we might not even make it down there, even though we're going to leave at noon, so... <laughs> yeah, that's fine. If we got there on time, it'd just be weird, so... Yeah, all right. All right, so we got there. It's your customary setup. Uh, pretty nice. It looked like a near sellout. There were some sections that had some you know, rows of empty people, but... I do wonder if part of that was the MARTA system. Well, I was going to say that, or, like we were talking about the Charlie Sheen thing, uh... <laughs> The ticket stub, or no, StubHub and all those, uh -huh. buying tickets, expecting to jack it up, and people just like, no, it's not that interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, all right, so yeah, so let's, let's just go into the first one. Um, we got there as we heard uh, Ted DiBiase's music played, and basically we tried running in to get to our seats so we'd hear him talk. Um, we did, really. Yeah, we saw yeah. the whole thing. Well, our fourth member kind of got dragged. <laughs> so, so she won't be wearing those those shoes again doing an event like that. Um, but yeah, honestly, if we were dress pro like dress regular, we probably could have got there and wouldn't have missed that one train too. Uh huh. So yeah. All right. So yeah. So DiBiase came out, um, gave a quick speech. Mother, he started you know talking about how he dropped money on the floor last year, uh -huh. and everyone got all excited. I was like, well, he's clearly not going to do that this year. Um, <laughs> Yeah, with, at an event that keeps uh, declining in buy rate every year, WWE can't afford to drop thousands of dollars from the ceiling anymore. All right, so let's see. Uh, yeah, I mean, his introduction was really pretty short. He told a couple of stories about uh, meeting Duggan and uh, some of their early stuff. And, um, you know, I mean, they were entertaining. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. His, his was good because it had that... Uh, the older guys still had like the, the road stories, the different promotions, territories, all that. So that was kind of fun to hear. Uh, sharing a story about Duggan uh, getting a hole put in his head because there was a bolt or something. Coming off. out of the ring post. Yeah, coming Some, out of the ring post. Somebody tried to post him. And, yeah. <laughs> Went right through his head, and then he still had to come out for a battle royal later, yeah. which he did. And then about him getting upset because everyone was laughing at him backstage because the matter he got, the more his... Uh, Head bandage wouldn't start to look like a cone head, so, <laughs> um, which really was kind of fitting for for Duggan. Um, <laughs> so then he introduced him, and as soon as he came out, everyone in the crowd started doing the hoe and, and the USA chant. Yeah. Oh, and that was kind of the other funny thing about the email we got is oh, yeah. that we weren't supposed to start chants or cat calls or cat calls, mm -hmm. and right. uh, yeah, that uh, completely and utterly did not happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, we, there were some security. Well, not security because I only had blazers on. But you saw him like looking in the crowd, like, "What are you going to do?" There's you have an entire section of people. You're going to point out one person, right? But no. So Duggan came out, real good reaction, uh, especially because he was the first one of the night too. I mean, that, yeah. I think that probably helped a bunch. Um, 
told some good stories. I, I did like his story about being Big Jim Duggan with the gold bathrobe <laughs> and the short, and short hair and clean shaven. Yeah. That was the that'd be the weirdest part. Yes, to see Jim Duggan like that, and then whoever I don't remember who it was told him get rid of the gold bathrobe, which changed his life entirely. <laughs> well, not really, but because Jim Barnett, like what maybe. was it? He went to he had like four or five gimmicks or something yeah. before. Mm-hmm. He landed on the hacksaw thing, and he was saying that literally the only reason he brought the two by four with him to the ring was because back in the days they needed to beat fans yeah. off of them. Yeah. Bruiser Brody is the one that told him yeah. to, to bring it. To, if you're going to bring something, bring something you can use. Yeah, and this is funny too. We can talk. About, here's a guy who has stories about all the different gimmicks he had in all these different territories, and we talked about this last night of the next crop of superstars that could be inducted in future years. And I said something about Edge. You know, here, here. What stories is he going to tell? Well, I came to WWF and I was angry, and then a couple years later I was angrier. And then I got happy, and then I got angrier, and then I went crazy, <laughs> and now I'm smiling a lot. That's not the same as I was Big Jim Duggan with the gold bathrobe. Then I was the convict with C's on my mask in Hawaii, and it's like, man, these guys are going to have such short. Yeah. shitty stories to tell in the future. <laughs> yeah, what was it? I tried making a case for Edge. You're like, what, because we drove around Canada and it was cold? Yeah, well, all right, you got me. That's the only road story he's ever, ever told. We drove through Canada with Rhino. Rhino, it was cold. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, he he covered a pretty broad stroke of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Thank the wife, like usual, and the kids. And then... He's got... I didn't see him on the screen. Were his daughters hot? Yeah, yeah, they kind of looked yeah, hot. He, his yeah. wife looks but, all right, before, ridiculous. It was like three or four induct- inductees. They had, you know, you had the scoreboard. Right. That had, that had just the stage on it, but there was another one in yep. the back that had the crowd reactions and all that. It took me a while to catch on to that, too, but yeah. So there was the, the way we were sitting, if you can think about this, we were sitting on the side, and you could look down, and to the left was the Titan Tron, then the stage. Then the superstars, then the fans are on the floor, and then the rest of the bowl over to the right. As you go left to right, up high, it's like okay, you can watch the Titantron, or the stage, mm-hmm. or the scoreboard, and again, that's all basically the stage. And then yeah, to the right is where you could see like, oh, here's uh, here's Bob Orton Jr. laughing at a story. <laughs> <laughs> well, they like they, and this was a theme for the night. When there was something funny, they went to Steve Austin. Yeah, <laughs> he he was the go-to guy for funny reactions. Mm-hmm. So. I guess because he's one, he went through the same stuff. I, I guess so. He's the only guy that can relate. Yeah, um, yeah. So he, the only thing I was disappointed with his was he didn't say tough guy. Yeah. Oh. I was so hoping for that at the end. He's like, and that's how it is, tough guy, and then follow with the hoe. And we were trying to explain to my girlfriend what made hacksaw endearing, and the reason he's as popular and famous as is because of you go to the arena and you hear two things. It's the Ric Flair's woo and Hacksaw's the ho. Uh-huh. I know I had a line for that you know, the other night, but I can't remember it now. Um, so it was, we just kept telling her, all right, just wait for it, wait for it. So he does it, and it's amazing how you turn into a ten, 9 to 10-year-old. As soon as he came out, <laughs> everyone just immediately jumped. And I even had that weird thing where you, all of a sudden you stick your thumb out uh-huh. while you're doing it, too. Yep. So... And I was, and at, as he got off, and you know there were a bunch of hoes, and you could tell, weird thing to say, but you you could tell he was holding back from doing it, because whenever he started getting nervous, you could see that he had that compunction where he just wanted to belt one out. Then he waited till the very end, pretty much. I think he did what two or three. That's but, great that he just got it in him. It's all bottled up. <laughs> he just wants to let yeah, it out. Just wants to let a hoe loose. <laughs> but yeah, no. So he was fun. Um, that was one I really wanted to see. So when we heard the music, I was like, oh, shit. We're going to miss yeah. this one already. Now, we had talked earlier in the day about how we thought that him, uh, the Legion of Doom, and Shawn Michaels would be the last three. But after looking back on it, it's almost like, you know, this is kind of a decent way to get the crowd into it by yeah. having someone who's that mm-hmm. popular and then going to some of your not as uh, well-known people. So It's like I, having the cruiserweights on first. In yeah. the WCW pay per view. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's a good curtain jerker that you wanna, you know, you wanna get the crowd riled up for, and they did it. Yep. There was plenty of hoes and plenty of USA chants. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, what we talked about before, like not on there, but for no reason, you would start a, a USA chant. 
<laughs> and there was no reason to start it last night uh-huh. either. And, until they started going into like ter- the terrorist thing and uh, talking about troops. Yeah. Which was, it seemed to be a theme last night. Yeah. Um, all right, so next up was Bob Armstrong. Oh, and just real quick, actually. So in between, so for the live crowd, in between all these inductees, they would just show a video on the screen. And everyone's already read all this stuff. It's like the people that you assume would get cheered got cheered. The people you assume would get booed got booed. No big surprise. Just just putting it out there in case anyone was yeah, curious they, from a live perspective. Well, th- th- there were some people cheering for CM Punk, and then when Miz got up, there were people cheering for him too. That's true. Right? But they got drowned. Well, but the roundabout one was uh, Cena. Everyone was booing when they showed Cena. Mm-hmm. So whatever. Um, no, that's why I said I was excited for tonight because you got a crowd going back and forth, and they booed. It was a weird crowd, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, so Bob Armstrong was next. He had his three of his four sons there, uh, Road Dog, Scott Armstrong, and Brad Armstrong. Yeah, as if Steve was busy at a Young Pistols reunion. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, all this stuff is paid for. What could you possibly not get out of? <laughs> uh-huh. Except, what did I say, the overnight shift at Denny's needs, <laughs> to, be, needs to be handled? Um, He's hitting on all the pretty waitresses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, talk about pinching something. Ow. Uh-huh. Damn. We're all aching over here. Oh. He's pinching a loaf off in the middle of an audio. No, that's you. <laughs> Want pass? Um, so, so Brian came out, and of course, Road Dog led everything. Yeah, he did all of the talking for them, except for the uh, while well, saying their father's name. That's when the two uh, other brothers joined in. Yeah, and and the master of charisma, Brad Armstrong, just stood there the entire time with his hands folded in front of him. Uh-huh. Looking and like standing a good three feet away from Road Dog, who was in the middle, it was like he didn't want to be there. It was just you know, it was like, oh, is the camera on me? I just, I, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, what a tool. And they all pretty much had the same haircut too. Yeah, the short buzz cut, yeah. marine cut. <laughs> yeah, and Road Dog actually looked like he wasn't uh, on anything. So thank uh, goodness for that. Yeah, he looks slimmer too. He does. He, I mean, the last run in TNA, it was like. T-shirts every match. I was confusing him with Bubba Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely looks different now. Mm-hmm. And he did uh, as soon as he came out. It was funny. As soon as his music hit, everyone did the "Oh, you didn't know." I mean, just out of the blue. Uh huh. Yeah, it's I, endearing. I'm going to cut that thought off because it was going to turn into something else. But <laughs> it was nice that the crowd remembered him and was excited to see him, even though it doesn't translate into ratings. That's right. pretty much is where I'll leave that one off because we don't have time to get into that part. Um, so, yeah, he did all the talking. He did the usual uh, ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, introduced his dad, and then Bullet Bob, who aged 10 years in the last three years, came out <laughs> and just basically took over. He jokey. He lays his head on the microphone like he fell asleep and he's telling some old timey like corny old man jokes oh four score and seven years ago and I'm an old man but it was great he could hold court mm-hmm. and you could tell that uh, he was a, I'd never you know who the hell was I? I was probably not even born I was a twinkle in the corner of my mom's mouth when he was wrestling and, and uh, you know I'd never seen his mic work or anything like that but mm-hmm. he was great charismatic funny it was good stuff yeah, and uh, in a running theme of the night, they actually seem to be married for a long... And like, almost everyone seems yes. to have a long-term marriage that it stayed together. It's just, you kind of hear about the sports and everything where people get divorced left and right, or you hear about Undertaker all the time. Uh-huh. You, don't, <laughs> you don't think about all these people that actually stayed with their wives, because what was it, five, 50 years, 50 plus years that they had been married? Yeah, 50 Three or fifty-eight, something uh, like that. Yeah, and that the best part of his stories, honestly, to me, was uh, when he was talking about how the son said that the mother had the best wrist wrist lock out yeah. of anyone in the family. Uh huh. <laughs> and it's, I mean, I know it's dumbed down, but yeah, I guess you kind of have to be when you've got a marine father who wrestles, and then you got four boys at four, home four who boys. also are going to be wrestlers. I mean, yeah, the mom's got to be cracking the whip. But you hear those stories, and then you see the little frail lady. And you're yeah, like, her. Yeah, <laughs> whatever. It's always the ones you least expect. Yeah, <laughs> let alone the fact she popped out four kids. Wow. <laughs> um, so I'm saying there was really nothing. 
nothing really stood out to his. I mean, but that's not a bad thing. It was exactly what you would expect in a uh, induction speech. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah, he was just really happy to get in, and that they recognized, uh, you know, everything that he did back in the day. Yep. You know. Yeah. And he, re- uh, yeah, and he referred to it as WWE all the time. Although hacksaw. Ooh, he slipped up. That's going to get beeped out. See, I don't think he's. Well, yeah, it's going to have to get bleeped out. But I don't think he he did it on. I think I don't think he slipped up because if you notice what he said, I did here, I did here, I went to WWF, then I left and went to WCW, then came back to WWE. Right. So he's one of the guys that's actually keeping it in the Real actual terms. historical context. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Either that, or when he slips up, if that was a slip up, then he's at least a stage performer enough to not let it get to him. You know, yeah. when Bobby yeah. Heenan did it, he was like. Ah, the blah, 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 the WWF. Oh, did I say something? (laughs) Yeah, well, no, and you could tell even later in the evening, I don't have any one example, but you could see people struggling not to say WWF when they were talking about the old stuff. Right, like Terry Funk, you think, would be the first one to be like, Oh, the WWE! (laughs) (laughs) Whoops-a-daisy. Yeah, Yeah, so Bob Bob didn't stand out, but that's not a bad thing. Right. So, um... Alright, so during this, I saw all the divas get up off the floor and run, before he started, and run to the back. Yeah. Or walk, whatever. And I just turned to the girl and was like, alright, uh, it looks like Sonny's coming up next. Well, then Bob came, I was like, okay, so they're getting everything ready. So they were keeping the presenter for Sonny as a secret, or yeah. whatever. Was she next? Yeah, Sonny was next. Oh, okay. So, yeah, because this is where... The crowd absolutely died. They they were excited for Bob Armstrong, and everyone kept mentioning Atlanta and like the Georgia Championship. Like, oh, you said Atlanta. So, <laughs> yep. All yeah. right. So, of all the people, and we were trying to think who they could have used to induct Sonny. I mean, Candido's gone. Paul Heyman, maybe Jim Cornette was another one. Right. Francine. No. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that one. Yeah. Um. Lance Storm, maybe? Sable. No, now Sable <laughs> would have been an amazing one. Yeah. But you know, apparently there's still way too much bad blood there. Yeah. And, uh, so of all the people, all the divas they have, they chose Lay Cool to introduce her or yeah. induct her. Well, all of the divas were on stage, but yeah, the Black Holes of Charisma... <laughs> Oh my lord, they struck as soon as they came out onto the stage because there was not a peep to be heard in the yeah, crowd. Like it, it, it was complete indifference. It's funny because it was, it was, to me, tangible, palpable. Like People were okay with booing uh, Drew Carey out of, like I don't know, resistance or uh, being assholes or something like that. But when Jerry Lawler said, lay cool, and the rest of the divas, you could, I felt it. I, everyone was like... They wanted to boo or they wanted to just shit all over it, but they're trying to respect the process, and they're like, oh. So, so <laughs> there's I, I that even much of a clap. clap. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> the fuck, was, and I, the, the, all the other inductees, or most maybe, maybe all, got standing ovations from the wrestlers. Uh, that was down one the I didn't even bother standing up for. And no, at, the, they wouldn't stand up for the divas. Uh-huh. That was hilarious to me. No, if they would have said the inter- introductor, introduct? Is that a word? In- int- inductor. Inductor. Inductor was Tristratus, or, you know, because you had the entertainment diva, which was Sonny, then going to the physical diva, which would have been Tristratus. Yeah. And Trish could have brought up how, if it wasn't for her, you know, right. this, that wouldn't have been possible. Something like that. That would have been fine. But when they said, yeah, here's your uh, inductors, and it's lay cool, it was what you were saying, but. There was no clapping. It was just... No uh, reaction at all. Crickets. Like, really? Even the crickets were falling asleep. They didn't care. (laughs) Yeah, well, and the other thing that was weird about them was the fact that they were the only ones that stayed in character. Like, even when Kane came out later to induct Drew Carey, like, he was... He kind of mentioned his character, but for the most part, he acted like an inductor who was just doing stuff. Yeah, he was you know, funny. just introducing people. Yeah, or introducing Carrie. But Lay Cool, like they just had to do their whole act, and they had to end with Sonny being flawless, <laughs> and that still just got zero. Yeah, it just, I just seriously felt like people were trying to not boo. Is all I'm really saying. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, the best part was Kevin just leans over to me, and goes, 
the black holes of charisma strike again. Yep. It, it'd be like having, like, the Chilean miners <laughs> going back a few months. They come out, and everyone's like, yay, they're alive, they're alive. Here, we're going to let you introduce the lay cool. Oh. And then, and then there's no joy, no celebration. All the cameras just stop and go yeah. home. And then like, I, I feel, guess the other guys got out. Who cares? I feel bad for Sonny. We're all Seinfeld watchers here, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I ref, oh, if I reference Kenny Banya, <laughs> the mm-hmm. the comedian who, the unfunny comedian that Jerry's always like, why is he opening for me? He always ruins the crowd, and then I get out there and tell these great jokes, and no one reacts. Mm-hmm. So here's Sonny, <laughs> a Hall of Fame inductee. And here are these assholes on stage talking, you know, in character. And so now Sonny basically gets no reaction too because it's that, like fart, yeah. fart, fart. That yeah, that killed her uh, momentum. Uh-huh. Just, just totally steamrolled it. Because yeah. she came out and it was, you know, that well, was one. I, I was gonna say the only thing that got a reaction in her speech was Chris Candido. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And that got a lengthy applause. Some people were like standing up and applauding. I mean, I guess, and this is going to sound harsh, but that's a part of her life that she's obviously had to move on from. I mean, how many years ago did he die? Four, maybe five? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a long time. She she even mentioned her new boyfriend, uh, that he's the one that got her, you know, oh. got her back in shape and all this stuff. So I guess it would have been, because I heard some guys behind me during her speech going, she's not going to thank Chris? She's not going to thank Chris? Like, well... Maybe she moved on with her life. Yeah, I mean, and, and also she mentioned him and even said that that was the reason she got into wrestling was because of... Her following him around, yeah. So yeah. I was like, "What more do you need?" Without going into, well, yeah, we used to get wasted all the time, and you know, we, <laughs> our lives totally crashed out on the both of us. Yeah, yeah. And she didn't go step by step as to what her gimmick was. She more told her story as to how she got into WWE, and yeah. really, that was kind of about it. Like, I mean, she did. She talked about him a lot, and then moved on. I thought it was great how much she put Jim Cornette over. Yeah, that was our first Jim Cornette reference of the night. Yeah, yep. yeah, and people cheered, so that was cool. But yeah, you know, it, and actually, this is kind of a strange observation. She is kind of like the hub. She's like the six degrees of the Hall of Fame. She was able, other than Drew Carey, to talk about how she worked with everybody else that was uh, being inducted that year. Because, uh, you know, Abdullah is like the odd one out, really. But then when Sonny's able to say, the first show I worked in New Jersey, I worked with Abdullah the Butcher. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, I see where everything's coming together now. And I forgot Bullet Bob was in Smoky Mountain when, when Sonny oh, was there. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think what hurt her, right, what hurt her speech, she, I don't want to say didn't show humility, but there was a real sense of arrogance up there, too. She still acts aloof. Yeah, she still acts like she's the king shit of all this, and... You know, they've made it to where all they make all the divas say, like, she's the one that started it all, and this and this. But she even got up there, and it was her first words were, look what I started. Yeah. So right there, it's like, okay. Kind of like Michael Jordan's induction speech at uh, the Hall of Fame for the NBA, uh-huh. where he just didn't put anybody else over. It was all about him, and it was like, oh, okay. But then she made a point of saying that there was, uh, there's been some talk about who was the original diva. And I think that tonight puts that to rest. I was like, all right, she still hates Sable then. Okay, whatever. (laughs) I didn't pick up on that, but it totally makes sense now that you Mm -hmm. say it. I just thought she was being egotistical, you know, period. (laughs) Not specifically directed towards somebody. Yeah. They also tried, sometimes they tried staying in character. They tried to stay out of character, but then at the end they all tried getting back into character. Well, and it, that made sense a little bit just because they were known for that, so it was easy to get her a, 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 an ending pop on your way out the door, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of giving 110%. Uh-huh. <laughs> there, there may not be any more dreaded words than 110% in my book. <laughs> oh. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was what it was. I mean, she really didn't... Just as an overall whole, she didn't get much of a reaction, even when she was uh, going off stage. No. When no. It, yeah, when they, when they left, yeah, that was about it. I mean, when she left and the rest of them left, it was like, okay, thanks. Yeah. It was like, thanks for showing up. Um, all right, so up next was Abdullah. Uh, this is the one I, I, you know, I just didn't really care if we saw. I don't know why. It just didn't really matter. Yeah. Um, Terry Funk, the inductor ended up going longer than the inductee as far as the speech went. Yeah. And uh, even though uh, Terry Funk was forked all over Japan, 
into Texas, uh, it was still uh, pretty funny uh, old guy humor. Yeah. <clears throat> when he uh, got up there. He forked me in Sapporo. Yes. He forked me in <laughs> Tokyo. <laughs> and then his uh, Dusty Rhodes impression. There was pandemonium <laughs> and chaos. <laughs> and then when he was talking about, uh, he was talking about his first match with Abdul in Japan. And what was the... Joe Higuchi, the referee. Yeah. He's like, Joe! Joe-san! I've got a... He's got a foreign object in his pants. And he says, Oh, Teddy, we all have foreign object in our pants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, this is my attempt to do Terry Funk's impressions mm-hmm. of other people. <laughs> now, Terry was funny. Boy, you can tell those years of beating up. Yeah. I'm getting beat up are really starting to take its toll. Yeah. He was... Starting to get a little hunch over, and boy, he was a little unsteady on those bad knees of his. Mm-hmm. And then he introduces Abdullah. The crowd started chanting for Abdullah, so that was nice. Um, oh, the other thing Terry Funk said was that uh, he loves this guy because he made him so much money. He made him so much money that he would. Uh, he wishes he could marry him. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then uh, Abdullah comes out. Oh, he also said that he the guy wasn't dumb. He was a genius because he made all that money. Without saying one word. And then we find out why he never said one word. He comes out, he very slowly, because he's still an old big man with bad legs and bad hips and bad knees, and he comes out and says, I want to thank my mom. I want to thank my family. But he did have a fork in his hand when he came out. That's true, he did. That got a pop. Yeah, no, he had that high-pitched kind of Mike Tyson type of voice uh-huh. that just we're watching VH1's greatest pranks in the background and what the fuck is this some fucking like midget is in a <laughs> like a combination planet of the apes and hobbit and fucking like a little boy sailor outfit they didn't want me to fart into the mic but I'm ready to just to get them back on course yeah let's let's get back to this I might have to shut off the distractions. <laughs> anyway, Abdullah, he kept it short. He cupped his ears a couple of times to get a reaction out of the crowd. Mm-hmm. He didn't, you know, he wasn't like begging for one. They were already cheering for him, but yeah. it was nice. And then on his way back out, he turned around, and while they were starting to show the video between uh, speeches, he kind of shook his ass and gyrated a little uh-huh. bit. They got uh-huh. a big laugh out of the crowd. Yeah, he seemed, it just seemed grandfatherly instead of, you know, mean old Abdullah. Yeah. So... But yeah, yeah. When he started talking, though, there was a clear reason why he didn't talk. It just so soft spoken. That would have totally destroyed any chance of people taking it that seriously. Yeah. So. Well, it might be that southern hospitality. If you if you're like Abdullah, congratulations. Oh, thank you very much. Um, you have any recommendations for places we should eat? Oh shit, I go to Houston's all the time. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but uh, Abdullah, it was a kind of a downer because he talked about everyone being dead except for his aunt. His 90-year-old aunt. Yeah. yeah. I was like, wow, nice downer speech, dude. Yeah. So, all right, so... Uh, oh, and you're feeding everybody ribs that makes you sick 20 minutes later. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so, all right, up next uh, was Dusty Rhodes inducting the Road Warriors. Uh, Dusty came out to a huge pop, of course. Um did his he shared a story he shared a bunch of stories about the road warriors um actually he, he was there's another jim Cornette reference about being uh thrown off the scaffold he mentioned big boss man which got a nice applause yeah and he was supposed to catch him he goes and this is this is what uh his his look looked like and it was just him looking down at the ground because Cornette had already landed <laughs> the so boss boss man miffed him yeah <laughs> well, yeah was this who was the one um, that they mentioned all the guys they fought? Oh, no, it was Hacksaw. Hacksaw. Talking about being in there against all the giants. Like yeah. Andre and Yokozuna, dead. Uh, Umaga. Dead. dead. Yeah. Every big guy he mentioned was dead. <laughs> Except yeah. Great Kali. Yeah. Which doesn't... In Big Show. Which yeah. doesn't count either. Yeah. <laughs> so that I was like, yeah, cut it off. Cut him off. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dusty Rhodes was Dusty Rhodes. Um, yeah, but... In referencing what they're doing, I guess we, we may as well semi-stay on topic. It was kind of odd because uh, they were all kind of dancing around what happened to Hawk. Yes. Yeah. The whole time, yeah. <laughs> Both Dusty Rhodes and uh, Paul Ellering and, uh, it, well, yeah, he pretty much was just calling himself Animal the whole night. Like, right. 
That was the other <laughs> one. He didn't really stay in character, but he did use his character name all mm-hmm, the time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the one funny one was Hog. Or I'm sorry, Animal kept telling stories. First one went over pretty well. Second one, kind of long. Yeah. The third one, he just started rambling, and when you get, you know, nothing in response, he goes, "Yeah, well, that was just another funny story." Yeah, I know, that's terrible, yeah. Yeah. I remember that from the Black Jacks uh, uh, induction, actually. Lanza, who's apparently not the talker of, between Mulligan and Lanza and Heenan, (laughs) Lanza was not the talker, so he tries telling this rambling-ass story that went nowhere, and then that's exactly what he did. Yeah, yeah, so that was a funny story. (laughs) Bobby Heenan's probably sitting back there just slicing his wrists. (laughs) Um, Paul Ellering kind of stayed in character the whole time. He'd actually, every animal would tell his kind of rambling stories, and then Ellering would interject. He had his little note cards in front of him, and he was like, a dark cloud came over a bright day. And then he'd put the card away. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he'd tell him, animal. Yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was always, awesome. I, I, I always thought he had an interesting way of delivering his mic work. Like, I don't know if anybody does it the way that he does. Yeah, screw loose. <laughs> what his yeah. problem is. Well... Hey, that's fine. Well, and Dusty Rhodes had talked about how Ellering's idea of having fun was going on in Iditarod, and I had actually forgotten about that, because mm-hmm. they mentioned it when he was uh, managing DOA, Yeah, and he, well, he told us, Dusty told a short story about him going ten miles to find his dogs to reattach them to the sled, Yeah, mm-hmm. which I can't even imagine being up in that freezing-ass cold <laughs> weather no. and trying to go find my dogs. Yeah. And I probably would have done the same thing because I wouldn't have let my dogs go. I'll just to tell them mush. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the one thing I noticed, uh, Paul Ellen, he didn't talk too much, but when they start getting near the end and they're doing all the thank yous, he thanked his family, I guess. Yeah. Like, but it wasn't like I want to thank my wife or I want to thank myself. And it was just he made up. It was just like Paul Ellen speech. Mm-hmm. It was like, did he just thank somebody or? <laughs> Doom him. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Well, then you could see he started getting emotional and he cut himself off. Yeah. Like, he didn't want to break characters or he's just a weirdo and doesn't want to show emotion. Well, and I also, part of me wondered if he thought, you know, no, people, historians, whatever, huge nerds, associate me with the Legion of Doom. A lot of the audience for WWE might not remember me being their manager because I wasn't their manager the first two years they were in the company in the 90s. Maybe I'll just let this be animal speech, and I'll interject every once in a yeah. while. I'll just get out of the way and let this be his show. Yeah, he almost probably was up there more because Hawk wasn't yeah. Yeah. Uh, available. <laughs> yeah, and Animal needed someone to carry him through the interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially because when he started breaking down, too. Uh-huh. Uh, and I felt bad because you introduced his son, and I started booing. <laughs> and then he goes, he's fighting in Iraq. I was like, oh... Whoopsie. Wrong one. Like, Sorry about that. And then he introduced his other one. I was like, yeah, fuck him. So, but, uh. Another thing, oh, I was going to note too when, uh, that Paul Ellering's, like, slow, deliberate part of his speech at the end, um, when he got really quiet and no one in the arena was making any noise, I think that's the first time I've ever heard the ventilation system at a huge arena like that running. Because usually there's a lot of noise covering it up, but you could literally have heard a pin drop in the ductwork. Yeah, <laughs> it was see, so quiet. And as I pointed out, no, that happened earlier in the night when Lay Cool came yeah. out. Except you weren't paying attention. Right. That's the whole thing. Everyone was paying attention. <laughs> so when the sound died, that's all you could hear. It's yeah. like, wow. All right. <laughs> Zing. Yeah. No, it was, it was a, that was one of the better ones. And they kept showing the old clips of uh, Hawk just doing his weirdo speeches, which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, well... I'm going to deviate your septum. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Or, uh, we were giving our mom kidney punches while we were still in the still in the womb. Yeah. Um, there was another one they showed Monday that cracked me up, and I wish I could remember it. But it was just amazing how intense they were. And, I mean, they were talking about how them being the greatest tag team of all time. And I'm like, well, I guess it's debatable, but... Depending on what, how you define tag team wrestling. Yeah. Like, as far as in-ring work, they probably weren't the best. Yeah. But as far as drawing money, they probably were. Yeah, and they, well, they kind of burned everywhere out. They everywhere they went, they burned them out. Sure, but you well, Bruiser Brody money. did the same thing. He'd yeah. go to a territory for a few months or a year or so, burn burn it out, burn the bridge, and move on. Yeah, and then I was just thinking, they kept showing small clips of them versus the Steiners, 
it was finally like, wow, they finally met someone. I mean, I know it was the powers of pain, whatever. <laughs> but they finally met somebody who was like physically on par with them. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I would have mind some more clips of those. Somebody they couldn't fuck around with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with crazy old Scott Steiner. Uh-huh. Um, which, does Hawk remind you of this, like, or how was it? Would Scott Steiner kind of remind you of Hawk? Uh, with the batshit stuff that was just coming out. Yeah. Although, you know, Hawk was doing it to be entertaining, and Scott does it just because he's crazy awesome. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> you know. But, uh, so yeah, so there was that. There was a LOD chant going on. I like I like that they inducted him as the Road Warriors, not the Legion of Doom. Mm-hmm. That always drove me nuts when they went to WWE, that they were the LOD. I'm like, no, they're fucking Road Warriors. Yeah, I guess I always found those interchangeable in a way. Me too. <clears throat> So, it, I guess it didn't bother me one way or the other, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Alright, so then, up next was Drew Carey. Um, Kane came out in the tux, which <laughs> was, was hysterical it, to see. Yeah, that like, it popped the crowd. Yeah. And he really, I don't know, he, he did a pretty good job. I mean, he was, the guy, the guy knows his stuff, which is why he's been around so long. Yeah, he's one of the few people, even the, almost all the inductors brought some type of paper out and he actually just went through it all without anything in front of him and he was pretty damned entertaining because especially when he started talking about Drew Carey having shark eyes like doll's eyes (laughs) and uh, he was talking about how he's a predator and everything you're just like wow is he gonna he goes and I kind of like that yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> like, after this whole rambling thing about how he's a shark and he'll eat you from behind or something. Yeah. So, it was kind of fun. Like, he was mostly out of character, but he kind of brought that back to mm-hmm. his character. Yeah, he's good, he's funny, and he's smooth. He's a, he's, he has really good delivery. Better yeah. than I just did right there. He says, uh... <laughs> Now, here's the thing. Everyone was booing as soon as they mentioned Drew Carey. Did we miss something? I don't know why he's being booed. I mean, He's a celebrity. Well, I'm reading some of the write-ups, and there are people who are saying, "Here comes the heat." Uh, this is from .dot net. I don't, I don't get it. I don't know why. Well, I think we were, we were, and are still confused as to why he got booed. Like, we more expected a reaction like Lay Cool got, in <laughs> that it was just going to be kind of nothing. Yeah, You know, I mean, I always found that part, like, that's one of those Royal Rumble moments that I won't forget. Like, I always found that funny, that he offered Kane money, yeah. and then, oh yeah, Raven came into the ring and whacked Kane from behind, and Drew yeah. Carey just walked out. Like, I I don't go back and watch this stuff all the time, like Eric and Dusty, like, but that <laughs> is one of those moments, to me, that has always stuck with me. Oh, like, me too. And me he too. ended up saying that it was, like, the only time he ever did anything with them, and I guess I felt like he'd always done one or two more things with them. No. But I, that's how much that moment stuck with me, because that was, like, just when I started uh, picking wrestling back up, mm-hmm. was about when that happened. It's funny, too, look at the other celebrities, like Bob Euchre. The stuff that he did is kind of iconic at this point. Um, who's Pete Rose, same thing. You know, Three straight WrestleManias being beaten up by Kane. <laughs> William the Refrigerator Perry, only ever on one show. He was in a battle royal. Everybody remembers it because it was you know WrestleMania 2. It's 26 years old at this point. But it also helped. He was being inducted in Chicago. So now you got wow. Drew Carey, who only ever did one thing, and he's in a town with absolutely no association with him. And plus, you just got that rowdy, rambunctious crowd that wants them. I said, you know, what kind of misplaced anger issues do you people have? Do you feel the need to to put your energy toward booing this guy who's never done anything wrong? Yeah. Just fucking give it up. At least just be polite or shut the fuck up. Was it? Uh, I don't even know. There's no rivalry between Atlanta and Cleveland. I mean, two zero sports towns. Yeah. So you can't have a rivalry. But there are people like booing Cleveland. Yeah. It, it was like, it was like one guy clearly. Just behind me going, yeah, boo Cleveland, boo! Yeah, and that <laughs> was... the fuck right. about Cleveland? I mean... Yeah, because Drew Carey... Uh, oh, because he was giving props to The Miz for being from Cleveland, and yeah. that's when that guy said, boo Cleveland. Yeah. It's like... Like, as far as sports go, okay, sure, you both have racist-named baseball teams. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, otherwise, who cares? Yeah, I guess because the Braves beat the Indians in the World Series in 1991, or no, 4, whatever... Yeah. But again, who gives a fuck? I mean, yeah. no is... one goes to Braves or Indians games, so is that really a rivalry? <laughs> it was dumb. It was just 
fans wanting to be rowdy fans. Yeah. It was just stupid. Yeah. Um, and he kept it. Thankfully, Drew Carey kept it short. He basically said, you can boo me all you want. Yeah. I already, I'm already here. He said, I'm yeah. having a great time. Go ahead. I don't yeah. care. Yeah, I, he I, had a couple of jokes prepared. He let those out, and they were okay. And then he said that, I really appreciate what these guys do. They're great athletes. And then excused himself about yeah. two minutes into his speech. Well, he even mentioned, he's like, wait a minute, don't put me in the Hall of Fame for that thing I did years ago? I think, we, I think we've already talked more than he did. Yeah, about probably. him. <laughs> okay, yeah, he, he was like, "Fuck you guys, I'm out of here." I mean, not like that, but it was like, "Well, yeah, I'm here. I'm thankful. I like yeah. the WWE. I'm out. This is cool. Thanks." Yeah. So, yeah. All right. So up next was the final one of the night. Triple H came out to the King of Kings song, which um, I'm sure was a slap in the face of Shawn Michaels, who believes in God and Jesus. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, of all the other shit not that Triple really. H, King of Kings, man, that's Jesus Christ. JC, the big man, G- uh, yeah, J- JHC. Huh? So, yeah, Triple really? H comes out yeah. and talks about how Shawn Michaels is bald and cross eyed and <laughs> bad uh, dresser. Bad dresser, weighs 185 pounds. So, what else could he possibly do since he can't mention religion but come out to a song called The King of Kings? <laughs> All right, well. That's my take on yeah, it, anyway. And it was funny because he just started bombing him with jokes. Talking about yeah. he doesn't want him to, uh, he refuses to join the Hulk Hogan Hair Club. Um, do he actually did the what he called the googly eye, where he just kind of crossed his eyes and then yeah, and then he talked about how Sean always wanted to hunt rabbits and birds, birds at, at the same, same time, time yeah. and he can do that now. Like yeah. it, it, it was, he came out and did a roast on mm-hmm. Shawn Michaels for, and it, I mean he held it to probably just the right length, honestly, because yeah. it was the longest of the introductions. And rightfully but, yeah. so. And ri- yeah, exactly. Rightfully so. And he just kind of went through the, oh, I could talk about him about being a great performer, and then he'd mention something. I could talk about him about being uh, a, you know, a great friend, and he'd have another kind of little story about that. And that's where he kind of got all of his riffs. Is he had this nice little kind of, at least the roast was at least designed around, you know, a structure mm-hmm. uh-huh. <laughs> that made it flow together fine. Yeah. Yeah, and then also, uh, he would he would get he'd tear up every once in a while and stop, and then he was it was refreshing because he didn't mention anything about his match. Yes, he didn't try to put himself over or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, which I really thought was coming. Well, in that way, he tried to put himself over by burying Shawn Michaels, but well, <laughs> yeah. Michaels handled it well. He came out, and, you know, everyone does stand ovations, all that the typical stuff. Yeah. Well, the heat came out, and it was like, it's funny, I didn't realize this was going to turn into a roast. Uh-huh. <laughs> kind of like, probably taken aback, but at the same time, they don't care. Right. He was like, oh, it's probably hard for him to admit that I'm good. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, that's the nicest, you know, and he goes, I know he couldn't get by without saying one nice thing about me. And he really just didn't. He's like, that was the closest he's ever come. <laughs> but yeah, and he had a longer speech, and it kind of lost me after a while, because he just kind of rambled. Mm-hmm. That He thanked the crowd. If for a making lot. everything possible like he had I think three stories and it was kind of funny because he wrapped up his entire speech and I mean I'm sure he can go back but yeah. he thanked the crowd twice and then the wrap up part to his speech was thanking the crowd again mm-hmm. it's yeah. just like dude okay we get the point you really love us yeah yeah. and then it was funny because he mentioned he said somebody well there's someone I'd like to thank but I can't uh I'm not he, supposed to mention him. He specifically said someone in the back. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he said in the back. Yeah. yeah, and people started wooing. Because Flair like, was in the crowd. So, yeah. but yeah, so everyone started wooing, and he's like, and he ignored it that time. But then there was another time where he was talking about doing something all night. Yeah, uh, that he could go all night. And everyone started wooing. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa! I don't, no, no, I'm not trying to imply anything here. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, you're the ones that said it, not me. Yeah, I guess that's his way of acknowledging Flair. So that was nice, uh-huh. but. I think whatever that gift was, I, I was looking on my phone and couldn't see the video of whatever gift Flair gave Michaels. There's actually a video. It's on .net. Um, it's, and it's posted by the WWE of Ric Flair giving Shawn Michaels a gift backstage. I didn't watch that video, but I think he it might have been a watch. Or a, actually, I think it was a belt buckle, so yeah, I could be wrong. I thought I, thought, I read that yeah. it was a belt buckle okay. I thought I saw other accessories or something like that. I thought I saw Michaels flash like a ring or a watch or something like that, so I wondered if that was maybe it. But uh, and that anyway. might have been because didn't Michaels give him watch when yeah they, he, he his... bought them both yeah gold Rolexes one for each of them yeah. um otherwise uh, 
he actually did a really good job of, of beating around the bush of actually thanking people. Like, if yes. you compare it to Flair's speech a couple of years ago where he thanked every single person he could and every office worker that ever bailed him out, uh-huh. and Michaels basically just said, I wish I could thank everybody, but you all know who you are. And he said, I went around and talked to you all. And then somebody in the back yells, Thank Janetti! Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, there's no time for thanking Janetti tonight. No. <laughs> Michael, this is great, too. Michael's like, why can't one of these nights be for me? <laughs> He also, but he also made mention, and there's another buffer. Um, yeah. Also made mention of how he went to everybody before he left. Yeah, and it seemed genuine. Like he actually went, to, like even Tyler Rex, and talked <laughs> to him. Um, but then he also mentioned, and this is the one thing we were talking about afterwards about how they glorify. <laughs> yeah, baby, I don't I'm, I'm glorify. That's going to be my yeah, uh, wrestling gimmick. So. Yeah, but they they glorify the like the camaraderie and the brotherhood. Because we were just talking about Sonny and all the stories we've heard. Uh-huh. But yet, that's like some low-down shit to do to somebody. And then Michael says something in his speech, but I was like, you know, uh, we could stab each other in the back, but no one outside is allowed to stab us in the back. And I'm like, that doesn't really make it any better. Right. <laughs> is, is that an apology? I mean, that's just a weird thing to say. So, but yeah, but he wrapped it up. I mean, you can watch it on Monday. Um, but, uh, yeah, it still didn't seem like there was a whole lot of substance to it, you know? Like, yeah, I, yeah. I, it was a nice speech, but, you know, there didn't seem to be, like, one story that stuck out. That stuck out. No. No. No, he didn't. No. And I, I honestly think that's because he doesn't, he didn't want, yeah, there is. he didn't want the past. Does he serious? Hold on a second. We're watching this video. Those were uh, scratch tickets. Those were yeah. Ric Flair scratch yeah, that's the version, tickets. That's the new one. It's the version two we were talking about. <coughs> we were doing some of the previous Jesus, shows. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, and then he opens it up, and, and it's got a belt buckle. Uh, what else? Cufflinks? Know what those are? Must, uh, napkin holders. Way too big. Napkin holders. That'd be fantastic. So let's see. He's got this big rodeo belt buckle. I'm assuming there's a oh, cigar so, uh, in there. That's kind of awesome. It's in this nice little box too. Uh, looks, like, looks like you got a gold watch too. Yeah, what are those? I don't know. Who knows? We don't have the sound on, so you guys can't hear it. So, <laughs> well. yeah. But, so. but you know what? They show Flair from behind. They've yet to show his face. Uh huh. With his horribly. Oh, oh there's. Of his course. Face. What fuck? Whatever. <laughs> oh, everybody's crying. Everybody's happy. Now it's good to see Flair back where honestly he belongs. So. Yeah, in a real wrestling company. Yes. Uh, and Yoshi Tatsu just lurking in the background. Yeah, he's like, please, please, please say hi. Oh, you please jackass. That's all Japanese people know how to say in the wrestling world, by the way. <laughs> oh, you jackass. Sean's like, girl, I want to scratch these tickets. I might win. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's cool. But um, we totally lost our train of thought. On yeah. the, well, I, the last yeah. thing I said was nothing uh, stuck out, yeah. honestly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it didn't. Like, I mean, he... Roundabout thanked a lot of people, not just the crowd, and uh, that was really about it. Like, he didn't try to get into any stories or any old... Well, and that was another one where he just kind of ignored his... Uh, <laughs> his past? His past. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think that's because of his whole born-again transformation. Yeah. He doesn't want to talk about that stuff at the behest of glorifying it, yep. making it seem cool. And yeah, then... That, that's the only thing I can think of. And... We're, uh, <laughs> and in compensating for not wanting to glorify his past by talking about it, then they trot out X Pac and Kevin Nash. <laughs> yeah, after what probably won't make the air, but yeah, because he think uh, Triple H mentioned the click, and then you know Michaels didn't mention any of the wrestlers. So yeah, Waltman and Nash come out, and then they all hug and mug for the camera. So it was cool. It was a nice way of, and it was fun too that the three of them were just like, okay, this is for Sean. And after they posed a couple of times and got a good reaction, the three of them walked to the back and yep. just let Michaels do his own thing. Yeah. And the DX music changed back to the HBK music, yep. and then that was the end of the show? Yeah. And, oh, Sean went in that crowd, hugged his kids and wife yeah. and all that stuff, yeah, and then that was it. I keep on forgetting how much taller his wife is than him. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Well, she also got heels on, I guess, so maybe that's yeah. part of the reason why. So maybe they're the same height, but... <laughs> Yeah. Still, it'd be like, bitch, don't wear heels all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Uh, she was still my favorite Nitro girl, so good for him. So, uh, all right. Well, we've talked way too long. Well, any other observations afterwards? I uh, one thing that I noticed. Well, two things. Uh, people were chanting for Lex Luger, and sure enough, he was down he was on the there. floor and walking too. And walking, slow-footed, but he was walking. Yep. And uh, Ron Simmons was there, and man. He must have been working out hard when he was a wrestler because he's skinny as shit <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, he's he's a little smaller now. Yeah, um, well, no, muscular wise, he's lost it. Other places, he sure has gained his weight. So, <laughs> um, let's see, JBL's in the crowd. I think so. Yeah. Uh, it was funny to see who was there and how they sat. And like all the Nexus guys were in a row together, and then I didn't see any of the core guys. No, Slater not that I can them? think of. Uh, I'm sure they were there. You know, Barrett's. No, they they were on the Marta system. They were on the train with us. <laughs> we Jesus. we're, we're going to have to post it. We'll have to blur the guy's face out. But we did find the one guy who bought a Nexus armband. Yeah, and he was wearing a WrestleMania 24 T-shirt. Yeah, yeah an adult, an adult male. Like he was definitely <laughs> of drinking age. Like he did. Well, I was going to say he didn't live with his parents, but no, we he don't probably does. Yeah. Um. What else? I feel like there's something else I was going to mention. Oh, Miz was sitting in the front row right next to Linda McMahon. Or I guess probably next to his yeah. girlfriend or wife. But Taking then the same, same position. Yeah, um, yeah. a good point. He was, yeah, where Shane would be sitting. Uh, John Cena was off to, I guess if you're looking down at the crowd to the left, he was sitting next to JR most of the night. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was funny. Actually, that whole row of people to the left was, it was John Cena, Jim Ross, Rey Mysterio's two kids, his wife was there. And, his, and Rey Mysterio's wife and Ray. You could see his oh. little mask and then a couple other people at the end and of that row. Cody Rhodes had his mask on, too. Yeah, that was good. Thank you. Cody Rhodes was in character all night. It was the greatest thing. Because <laughs> uh, Dustin Rhodes was sitting next to him. That's the only reason I, I saw him. Because I was like, who's that like, creepy? Oh, it's Dustin Rhodes. Because he had his hair shaved down. You know, It was kind of grayish. Well, I was like, so, oh, that's Cody next to him. So you could see he had the Phantom of the Opera mask on. Whenever people start laughing, Cody would just put his hand over his mask like, oh, but he's so pained still. And I was like, that's really awesome of him to do that. Yep. They never showed him on camera, so it didn't matter. But it was still really funny to see. So, Well, Daddy taught him well. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christian so. Christian was sitting next to Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah, Austin was flanked by Edge and Christian. Yeah. Uh, Del Rio's arm candy was oh, wow. just smoking Smoke. hot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Swagger's <laughs> wife stood out because she had a, a turquoise dress on. Where everyone else was doing reds and blacks, she had turquoise on. So I was like, good for you, Jack. Um, well, oh, she already looked good looking that candid picture that they took of themselves. Yeah. yeah. Well, she's apparently got some sex tape out, too. Well, good. Outstanding. Well, then you mentioned Orton's wife, the actress. Oh, yeah. And she, yeah, Orton's wife actually looks like the most recent wife that he had on TV. <laughs> yeah. Like I cuz I swear that when Triple H had the home invasion that she was a blonde. Yeah, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd have to go back and find the footage, but I swear she was blonde that time. So, they actually kind of had a short brunette woman which matched kind of her description. Yeah. 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 All right, well, it looks like Kevin's ass is getting ready to fall out, so we're going to wrap this up. Um we're going to what, World of Coke today from yep. CNN Center. We're doing the tourist thing today, so it's going to be fun. Um, if we have time. Yeah. Oh, we'll make time, baby. Yeah. Then WrestleMania, see if we can catch up with anybody else downtown. Derek Stellar's in town. Shout out to Derek Stellar. And no one else has really gotten a hold of us, so fuck you. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, then we'll be back for another audio probably after that and maybe after some beers. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have some stadium beers for seven and a half bucks. No, we won't. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, but when a Coke is the same price as a beer, it's like, well, might as well just drink the beer, right? Right. Yep. So. All right, guys. We're getting out of here. Late.